0: I've said and done things I shouldn't have done as a Christian, and it's caused consequences down the line for me, for my family, probably. Um, My walk, my relationship with the Lord. So let's, let's pray. As a brother set this up, let's just ask the Lord. Let's just spend a few minutes of prayer. Let's ask the Lord to move in here tonight. You know, we come in here sometimes, look, everyone's tired, everyone's rushed off their feet, we struggle to get here, it is a fight to get here sometimes, especially during the week. But listen, God is good. Hallelujah. There's no better place we could be. Let's ask the Lord to move in this place tonight. Pray for your brothers and sisters beside you. here. Lord, I do praise you, my God, and I glorify your wonderful name. I ask, Lord, by your might and your power, Lord, by your strength, by your spirit, Lord, Lord, you minister to this place, Lord, here tonight. And that, Lord, you would intervene, Lord, you just minister into this place and stir our hearts and give us understanding. That the focus would be your word, my God, and us living by it, my God. Lord, I pray, Lord, you would speak to us, you would help us to understand the things of the flesh and the things of the spirit, my God. The decisions that we make and the, the call of God, the decisions that you make, my God. Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd help us to understand, my God, what it is you have in store for us. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord, here in this place, all tonight that you bless them and minister to them Lord and that you lead them and guide them in every good work in every spiritual thing my God in faith in righteousness and holiness Lord as we lift your name and eye, let this thing be about you and not ourselves Lord we pray in Jesus name Amen Hallelujah so let's turn to um, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14 verse 24 not one Are the any pages turning or anything like that And the phone oh that's good enough I know, it's good enough, yeah. yeah. 1 Samuel 14, verse 24. And it says this the, the heading at the top of this is Saul, who's the king, Saul's rash oath. And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had placed uh, the people under oath, saying, Cursed is the man. Who eats any food until evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies, so none of the people tasted food. Now all the people of that land came to the forest, and there was honey on the ground, and when the people had come into the woods, there was honey dripping, but no, no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father charge the people with the oath. Therefore, he stretched out the end, uh, the end of the, uh, the rod that was in his hand, and he dipped it in the honeycomb, and put it, his hand to his mouth, and his countenance brightened, his eyes lit up. Then one of the people said, Your father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats the food, who eats food to stay, and the people were faint. we we'll just stop there. Let's just, let's just ask on the note us Let's just ask the Lord about this piece of scripture. Pray for me, I need your prayers. Lord, I thank you, my God. Speak for me, Lord, have your way. Lord, let your name be glorified and praised. what's going on here is just going to have a little recap of things we want to focus on is the decline of Saul and God lifting up Jonathan. We know that Jonathan, with his armour bearer, has killed about 20 Philistines and really set about an action in motion where everyone's (laughs) took trash, all the Philistines have took trash and shattered. They've bolted and uh, Israel has been under their... Under the cosh by the Philistines for a long, long time. Now all of a sudden, there's loads of confusion, and they've gone to war with them, and they're pushing the Philistines back. The Philistines are bolting, right? And they took on from about from where from where Jonathan had the battle and killed the 20 at the, the outpost to they get to this place. It's about 15 miles, so they've run and journeyed a long way, fighting all the way, pushing the Philistines back. Now Jonathan, eh, with his faith and his bold trust of the Lord. He struck a mighty blow to the Philistine army. But now it's Israel's job. Because what happens is, Israel's been under the cosh for a long time. All of a sudden, they've got them on the run. What do they need to do? Move in. Move in quick and finish everyone off as they're bolting. Because that's what happens in wars. They're going to try and kill as many men. That's what they should do. Try and kill as many men as they can. So the Philistines don't come back with strength and take over again basically that's what Israel should be doing and be doing this job under King Saul but Saul's rash oath doesn't cause doesn't put strength in the army of Israel it weakens them a day when you've got to go to battle a day when you've got to fight physical fight is not a day when you go without food because you need the strength of your body to be able to fight he's put these people under such a great burden he ain't strengthened them or he signals spiritual at the time he's weakened them he's weakened the army of Israel to do the work of the Lord he ain't strengthened them on the surface it sounded like he sounded like a man of deep faith and commitment Lord we ain't even going to rethink until all my enemies are dead of course, some machines Do you know that I mean he's got a lot of faith in the Lord? He won't even let food pass his lips till he vanquishes all the enemies of the Lord. On the surface, it seemed like a very spiritual thing. Remember, this is the king that they've chosen. This is the man that they were looking for. But not back from this point, but even further on as we go on, you're just gonna see Saul just gonna go downhill, downhill, downhill. And really what happens is. They got the king they wanted. They wanted a big, strong, fine man. And that's all he was. Just a man who thought about himself. We're not even going to eat, mate, until all my enemies are dead. But he never did this because it was a commandment of the Lord. God never told him to take such oaths. In fact, God never even told him, and definitely didn't tell him to put the people under the oath. There are people that battle You don't weaken them at this point, you put strength into your men. God never told him this. It wasn't a commandment of the Lord. He did it in the flesh to appear more spiritual than he was. It was all about pride and out of the flesh to appear more spiritual than he was. Jonathan had just won a big victory. And I think we even see, we see at the above the end of this chapter. Saul wants to kill his boy, put his boy to death. But through this, getting all this, getting all the argument together and saying, right, none of us are gonna eat, we're all gonna fast. And they put a curse on the people. He never had that authority. He's not God, he never had the authority to put a curse on the people. Cursing as any man who eats everybody past his lips today. He wasn't the spiritual leader. That was Samuel, the prophet. He was the king. The man that they chose to lead them, but to rule over them. Jonathan just won a big victory and Saul wanted the attention to go back on him, and it was all about me and I. I will not rest until I have made until I have killed all my enemies. Beware of people, especially leaders, when all they talk about is me and I. That's all you can get out of. It. Beware of any people, anyone who claims to be a Christian, and all they talk about is me and I. I've done this, I've done that, I see this once I it's just all about them. We are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. And we are being made by the Holy Spirit into the likeness of his Son as I move forward with the Lord Jesus Christ and I grow I not only want to grow in faith I not only want to grow in discipline I not only want to grow in my prayer life and being spiritual but I want to be more like Christ hallelujah and the Bible says he is the one who comes not to be served but to serve hallelujah the, the image of Christ not me and I I will not rest it was just, it was just him he made that oath and the truth is if it was Satan he felt strongly about he was the one who should have fasted should have put it on all the other people Saul is a typical type of bad leadership and throughout this story I'm telling this same. when I read about Jonathan Jonathan is a great man Jonathan is a great man he had a terrible father he was a great man he loved the Lord he was a great man. who loved the Lord. And who wants to be king when we can be a servant of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Voice. Amen. When Amen. Well, I talk about beware of people, some people say and do things to seem more spiritual, but most of the time it can be just born out pride. And you see this. You see this on the. Um, you see this on the television. You've only got to turn on the sky. You see it in a lot of born again Christian churches. You see these things in a lot of born again Christian churches. You see men and people in leadership. Do you know what I mean? And uh, this is my favourite one. I remember speaking to a woman once. We've got witnessing. And a woman's come out. You're the brothers from the church. I want to talk to you. I've the Lord. She had a dream last night. The Lord spoke to her. The night before she had a dream. The week before she had a dream. God said to Satan why she was making a cup of tea. She's been given a prophecy. I said, hold up a minute. I said, I'm not being funny, I mean, but God's But God's God spoke to you more than he did to Moses. What's going on here? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I've seen this once. I've seen that once. This happened to me. Uh, the Lord spoke to me this way. And let me tell you something. We don't want to quench the spirit. We don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater. Make no mistake, the Lord speak, speaks to us in many different ways. The Bible says that your young men will dream dreams and yet... Or our way around. The young men will prophesy. And the young women will dream dreams. I, know, I can't remember which way it's around. John, what way around. In Joel. There, there. Whatever way it is. But the Bible says that men and women will dream dreams and prophesy. All these things. And we don't want to quench the spirit. <coughs> But beware of people who sin more and done more than what Jesus did. There is people who want to see more spiritual and they're trying to try and convince me, convince you because what they want is you to listen to what they've got to say. Most of the time it's just born out of pride. And look, this comes come to a point for Saul where he made a rash oath. He said something he shouldn't have done. He wasn't commanded by the Lord. The Holy Spirit never told him. He was a saint of the flesh from his own desire through pride. He wanted to turn the, the attention back around on himself. And he was talking out of the flesh. And we have to be careful of that, brothers and sisters. We have to be careful of that. Talking as our guts guide you. That's how it Don't talk as your guts guide you. It can be attracted from the enemy. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Uh... Right, I'm going to ch- No one shakes me hand tonight. I'm never coming again. I've heard that. That's happened. I've heard that in the only years. Uh, I'm going to speak to the ministers and if I don't get the answer I want, I'm never coming again. Then, these things happen. Uh, I think this should be done this way and if no one listens to me and does it this way, because is the best way, I should never come again. Uh, see that one? I forgive them. Now, yeah, I forgive them, but I never forget. Well, that's not forgiveness then, is it? Because with forgiveness, the Bible says, when the Lord forgives us, he throws everything we've ever done to the sea of forgetfulness. With forgiveness, God forgets as well. Rash oaths. Listen, I'm telling you, if this don't happen, I'll tell you I'm never going to do this again. If that happens, I'll show you what I do. I'll do this one to that one, this thing to that one, that one. And all of a sudden, we put our names to things. And we have to be careful what we say. We have to be careful of the oaths that we take and the things we say and the things we put our name to. Because it's rashness. So i tell you what happens. We think like this. Well, I've said it now. never do to do it? Be careful of taking rash oaths. Especially when it comes to your fellowship. Especially when it comes to your Christian walk. Especially when it comes to the things that we say unto the Lord. Because what happens is, I've said things between me and God. And I haven't been able to fulfil them things in my own weakness. And the enemy comes in and goes, hey, what's the point? You can't even stick to your word." But let me tell you something. The Bible says that God is faithful even when I'm faithless. When God made a covenant with Abraham, the heavenly father made a covenant with Abraham. And what they used to do in the ancient times, they'd take an animal and they'd split it from head to bottom. And they'd split it in two. And they'd lay the two pieces long out on the ground and the two men would walk between the two pieces to show that that was a covenant between them two men. It's sort of like, have you ever seen the film The Searchers? When the two men have a fight? he goes, spit over that piece of firewood and before the fight start, you got to spit over the piece of firewood, they had an agreement but the Bible says when it comes to man and God of Abraham and God God put Abraham to sleep and he walked amongst the animal you know what he was saying? I'm the only one who can keep this you're not, you won't keep it because you're a man I'm thankful that God is faithful even when I'm faithless when I say things and I act rashly and I do rash things and I speak as my guts guide me and I make mistakes and I put my name to things and I say things and I put my mind to things and then it can't come to pass because it's all just done out of the flesh and my, my desire. God is still gracious, hallelujah. The brothers and sisters, I warn you, be careful with rash hopes. Be careful with putting your heart and your mind and your words to things that God hasn't told you to do. It says, now all the people of that land came to the forest and there was honey on the ground. And when the people had come into the woods and the honey was dripping, but no one put his hand in his mouth for the people feared the oath. This is part of the rash oath and its consequences. Israel was weary and faint and it seems to be that they enter a place and God provides sustenance. They're weary, they've been chasing, they've been fighting all day long, they come to the place and there is all this honey on the ground. And the men can feed themselves and be strengthened. God has provided sustenance, something to give them strength. He provides them with much needed energy for the battle ahead. But they deny themselves this blessing by taking on the burdens given by a man and not God. They deny themselves of provision that comes from the Lord because they were too burdened down by the commandments of a man. They feared the oath it said. They become too burdened down with the commandments of a man, and it was not from God. And I, I want to tell you uh, we use a word uh, when we're studying this, legalism. And for them who don't know what legalism is, is that this is basically what legalism is: is that I will live in fear continuously whether I'm saved or not because I believe that, it, that uh, every little thing I do a mistake I make affects my salvation in this way when I'm witnessing to people and I'm being spiritual God really loves me and when I'm doing so good and I'm making mistakes he don't love me as much that's legalism uh, if listen, I've made a mistake today so if the rapture happens I am going to go in the rapture Partial raptures. And what I mean by that is legalism is living by the law and regulations that we put upon ourselves or what churches put upon us that God hasn't put upon us and it crushes us. It crushes us. I'm not, listen, don't make no mistake. God has given us commandments that we must live by. Hallelujah. I'm talking about fleshly burdens from men. I'm talking about fleshly burdens from men I'm talking about the commandments of the Lord God has given us commandments and we must live by them legalism and fleshy burdens stop us from receiving the strength that God wants us to have when we need it most I'll say that again, I read this in a commentary legalism and fleshy burdens stop us just like it did Israel from receiving the strength that God wants us to have when we need it most the Lord was trying to pour in him. The Lord was trying to feed him. The Lord was trying to give him strength. The Lord was saying, Look, I know there's far more battles ahead. You've got, to, you've got to go forward keep going forward. And you're too weak. And I've done that in my own life. I've burdened myself to the point where I've made myself weak. And it wasn't until I learned about the grace and the love of the Lord, truly, that I was free from them burdens. Hallelujah. That I was free from them burdens. When we allow, let's just say, for instance, men. And thank God we don't see a lot of this go on in our mission. But it does go on in churches, even our own churches. But when we allow men, and even ourselves, to eat burdens on ourselves, that God has a place there. God has a place there. Remember, God never commanded the oath, or the curse. It wasn't given by Samuel, it's given by a man who's a king. And all, all it's based upon is I, 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 I himself. When we eat burdens on ourselves that God hasn't placed there, it robs us of strength that we need to carry on. Because it's not God's way, it's man's way. And I tell you what legalism can do. Legalism gets me into a place, spiritual legalism, where I'm trying to make myself saved. I'm trying to save myself. And like I said before, we mustn't get confused. A line has been drawn, there is commandments. Jesus said, If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. The Bible says, Let all those who name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity, flee from him. But sometimes we can be so burdened up with our own self righteousness and I and how much we have to do that we forget about the grace of the Lord. And I've said this, I've been saying this a lot in this church just recently, and it's become like my favourite scripture of late. And it says this, that he, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. So he was the innocent, and he took my place, he became me. He literally became me, and took my place, took all my burdens upon himself, all my sin upon himself. That we, the sinner, the guilty, might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'll tell you what that means. That God put everything that I deserved on his son and everything that Jesus deserved is on me. i all righteousness. And God looks at me, he sees his son. And maybe I haven't explained that well enough, but that's the only way my mind can understand that. How wonderful is the Lord tonight, Hallelujah that my salvation don't depend upon me. And what I mean by that is, yes, I have a responsibility to remain, to, the Christ, to remain faithful to the Lord and follow Christ and have faith in the Lord. But the Bible says that he who has begun a good work in me will bring it to completion. Amen. If we are to have any burdens in our life, it must be born out of prayer and a relationship. Because God can put a burden upon our hearts. I've been burdened by the Lord to serve, to do certain things, to speak into a certain situation, to act in a certain uh, situation, to do certain things. I've had a burden from the Lord. God has given me burdens in in my life, whether it's to preach the gospel, whether it's to teach his word, whether it's to stand up for what's right... God has given me burdens in my life and I thank God for them burdens because they've moved me to action. They've caused us to move as Christians. Let's be fair, unless we had conviction, unless we had a burden, we wouldn't move out of our seats, would we? I thank God for them burdens but let burdens that we have in our life, let it not be the ones that we put on ourselves when we destroy ourselves, when we allow the uh, legalism of men to come into our lives and say, you can't do this, you can't do that. I remember talking to people before I'm saying, I don't feel like i to be a Christian. I don't feel like I want to be baptised. I don't feel like, because this one's told me this, and he's told me this, and this one's told me that. And it's all rules and regulations, burdens by men. There is responsibility when we follow the Lord in our hearts to follow Christ in a true way, to live a life for Christ, to surrender ourselves to him. But there is mercy and forgiveness and grace in following the Lord. Our burdens must be born out of a prayer life. Our relationship with Christ. Our burdens must be born out of reading God's word. When we read things in God's word. We say, Lord, that's what I want to be like, Lord. Do that work in me. Let me be able to do that work that then people done in that time. Use me to do that same thing. Jonathan goes on to say, look. He says, how much better, in verse 13. If the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies, which they found, for now would there not have been a much greater slaughter among the Philistines? So what he's saying is, listen, your father's put a burden on these people, and I don't agree with it. He goes on to say that. I don't agree with it. He said, in fact, as they moved in and all the Philistines bolted, they left all their goods behind them all the stuff that they'd brought with them to sustain them in this battle that they was going to have with Israel, all the sheep and the goats and the cows and the mutt and the things and the weather, they left everything. And that was part of a spoil of war, that when the winners come in, they took everything that they had of the enemy and they kept it for themselves. And he said, wouldn't it be much better, as Israel they was coming through the land and they was coming across all these piles of stuff that the Philistines left behind, that they would have out of it and strengthened themselves and they could have gone on and fought better and greater. Brothers and sisters, we need to strengthen ourselves so we can carry on in the battle, hallelujah. We need to strengthen ourselves. We need to eat of the things that God has provided and not burden ourselves and rob ourselves of strength that's needed in a time of battle. We need to take and eat of the things of the Lord and take in because the battle is ended and it is not finished. They've gone 15 miles fighting. God provides for them. Why? Because they've got to go further again. And this is, not all, this is not the finish for us. This might not even be halfway through for some of us. The finish line is a long way on. There's battles still to be fought, ground still to be took, and wars to be won. And we need to strengthen ourselves, brothers and sisters. We need not let ourselves go weak and weary. It says that they was faint. The army of Israel was faint. Why? Because they took on the burden of a man instead of listening to the provision of the Lord. And let me tell you something. You know that man in my life can be me. I'm the one who causes me the most problems. I weaken myself the most. I cause myself the most issues. Jonathan says our victory would have been greater if we hadn't burdened ourselves. If we hadn't burdened ourselves and made ourselves weak says in verse 31, Now they had driven back the Philistines that day from Mishmash to Azulog. So the people were very faint. And the people rushed on the spoil and took sheep, oxen and calves and slaughtered them on the ground. And the people ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, saying, look, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with the blood. So he said, you have dealt so he said you have dealt treacherously roll a large stone to me this day then Saul said disperse yourselves among the people and say to them bring me the slaughter bring the slaughter here to me and eat and do not sin against the Lord by eating with the blood so everyone brought his ox with him that night and slaughtered it there and so Saul built an altar to the Lord this was the first altar that he had built for the Lord. So what's happened is, this is the consequences. The people have been starved. They've took on a burden and it's weakened them. And because of that, they're not fighting as they should. Their victory had probably been a lot greater, Jonathan says. They've weakened themselves. And they never uh, took on the provision that the Lord had given them to be strengthened. They missed out on what God had, had in store for them. There. And then because they're so hungry, they're so famished, because they're so hungry, they're so famished, because they've been denied strength in their time of need, they rush in and sin against the Lord. Now, what happened is the Israelites was told in Leviticus when you kill an animal, don't eat an animal with its blood. So you slaughter the animal and get as much as the you hang them up, cut their throat, whatever and you let as much of the blood out as you can. Because they was told not to eat the blood with the animal because that's where the life of the animal was. They was not to do it. It was the vehicle law. It was for them to keep them safe, keep them healthy and keep them obedient to the Lord. They're so famished, they're so hungry they slaughter the animals there and then and eat them with the blood in them. Because of their weariness, because of that that the consequence of that oath, they become faint, they become weak, they missed out on something that is the strength that God wanted to give them, and because of their weakness, because they're so famished, they end up sinning against the Lord. Saul's rash oath calls the people to go down, 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 and down. There's a difference between God's command and man's rules. God's commands lead us to a relationship. You see when the Jews was obedient to the Lord and they had times of blessing when they bowed knee to the Lord as a nation in their hearts and their lives. The commands that they were obedient to led led them to a relationship with Him, led them to righteousness and grace, forgiveness, victory in their battles. They become disciples of the Lord. They were blessed of the Lord. But man's rules led them to be rebellious against the Lord. To sin, to have pride, unforgiveness, weakness. And look, I think this, I think that... Where spiritual legalism is concerned... And there's a young Christian... I was very legalistic. I was very, very legalistic. I was one of them people who thought... If you went over 70 miles an hour... You lost your salvation. And then if you slowed down the 65 push the unsaved again and God's grace ain't cheap that's making it cheap but what we do is sometimes we can uh, listen to the commandments of men spiritual legalism, I'm not talking about men preaching the bible and preaching the truth and teaching the commandments of God and teaching about righteousness and holiness, all them things are true but I'm talking about sometimes we can listen to the Uh, spiritual legalism, in our own hearts, in our own lives. And then rules don't cause us to be less sinful. Just like Israel, they cause them to be more sinful, to make more mistakes, send them further away from the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we need not to be like that. We need to receive the grace of the Lord and walk in it and live in it. And and appreciate it, and give thanks for it. Israel, as there was consequences, one mistake led to another, to another, till in the end they sinned against God, all because they were backed up into a corner by a man who made a rash oath, and they feared. They listened. Let's not be like that. I don't want to be like that in my Christian walk. Let's not be like that. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord.